Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report on an early Saturday morning. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. As always, this is a show about stock market investing. Call this the Armor Report. It stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research, and it's Quantamental Investing. That's what we do here. It's the combination of quantitative execution, which means we use algorithms and, oh dear, algorithms, and we combine those algorithms, which help us execute when to buy and sell stocks and the indexes and individual stocks. And we put that together with a fundamental foundation. That's the information edge I share with you every day. So today we're going to go over stock market direction. Where are we in this mechanical bull market cycle? Are there changes in leadership we have to pay attention to? So does it change what's on our whiteboard? Okay, so we're going to go over what's at the top of the whiteboard. Ideas that the Armour Report is focusing on that we may be adding to our portfolio. Okay, um, we're going to talk about the precious metals market again. It continues to be the pillar that's driving alpha for us and has been since the bottoms in March. Okay, so I'm going to go with you where we are in that process after what looked like a little bit of selling at the end of the week. Then we're going to wrap up with a quick chat about the cannabis couch. Big announcement on Monday. And of course, I'll get to your questions. You know, I might just go over some charts and some stocks we're looking at. Um, so let's dive right in. Don't forget, if you enjoy this conversation, if you find it helpful, if you think the information's valuable, give me a thumbs up. I would appreciate it. And also, you can subscribe right down here for the YouTube channel you're watching right now, or a deeper dive, you can subscribe to the Armour Report, armrreport.com. Right down here is the description of it. And you can take a look and see if you want to become an Armour Insider, where I share the information all day long through different sources. Our website, the Armour Report, through our Slack room, which is set up. It's just a trading desk. So you can see what I'm doing all day, and we can chat um, with uh, um, throughout the trading session. And then, of course, as an Armour Insider, you can pick up the phone and chat with me one-on-one. So consider doing that. Now, please don't forget, guys, what I'm sharing with you um, today and every day is what I do. This is information I use to manage my own capital and for um, managing capital with investors I work with through our interactive brokers affiliation. Okay, so if someone has an IB account, we can manage those assets for them. I don't know you, so I can't possibly tell you what to do with your portfolio. On, on YouTube, I love to talk to all of you, but I don't have that one-on-one understanding of your portfolio structure, so I can't be here on a Saturday telling you, go do this, go do that. Okay, so just take this information, look at your own portfolio, make your own decisions, figure out how to use this information flow. Okay, Um, my goal here is to share 30 plus years of experience, put you on my shoulders, learn from my success, learn from my failures and reach higher. That's the idea. Okay, so let's dive in. 
first thing I want to do is look at the stock market structure. That right here is the S&P. I like to start there whenever I'm making these decisions because um, it's the broadest index and we get the biggest idea about what the whole market is doing. Okay, and so we have algorithms written for the top seven indexes we've identified that drive risk decisions for us. And we use the exchange-traded funds to build these algorithms. So it's the S&P, SPY, the Dow, DIA, small caps, IWM, NASDAQ 100, QQQ, those are the big four. And then we drill down into the momentum, MTUM, value, VLUE, and the IBD 50, FFTY, and those seven drive our risk decisions. So I mark up this chart for you so you can see where we are in the process. Risk monitor goes green on the 29th. That's when we started putting capital to work, and we have five days to put all of our money to work. That's the goal. That's the armor investing way. You put the most amount of capital to work closest to the stop. Okay. Now the risk monitor turns yellow on the 7th of July, and it's still yellow as the market climbs higher. And it can go back and forth between yellow and green, you know, uh, multiple times during a major bull market run and never go red. Okay, back here, we went red on the 24th. I should probably put that on the chart for you guys to see it. That day right here, that's when we went red and we went to 100% cash in the portfolio which as you can see is pretty much the first day of the crash. Okay. But here's where we are now. And as I said last week and the week before, what I'm expecting now is the S and P to grind to the top of these Andrew forks. This is a technical analysis tool I use to draw trend lines. Let's go back and look at the original Andrews fork from the, the 2018 correction. This sell off right here, it's because the, uh, the, the Fed, in its infinite wisdom, decided to reduce liquidity, raise interest rates, okay? So you can see how obvious this market is. If the Fed's adding liquidity, the market goes up. The Fed's taking liquidity out, the market goes down. This is why I call it a mechanical bull. The mechanics are the central bankers. So here's the sell-off in 2018 that sets up this Andrews fork, and you can see how obvious it is, how it follows that fork. When you get to the top of the fork, you're in dangerous territory, and it's best to start reducing your exposure up here. Even before you get the breakdown that puts you into 100% cash, you're reducing your exposure when you're at the top of this fork. Okay? So now we have a new uh, fork, smaller one that's set up, but really the Fed started... And I guess what we should really do is start a whole new fork using this sell-off here. But it's such an aggressive sell-off, I'm not really sure that fork will make any sense, right? That fork would tell you somewhere up here is where you would get a run to. Maybe it does make sense, you know? We could always try that. But for right now, I'm using the smaller fork and I'm using the old fork, wondering if the market will stay in its original uptrend that it's in when the Fed is adding liquidity. Right. This is the original path it's taken. So will it stay on that path, which in which case we're not too far away from the top there? Or will it break this top here and go on to a new path going to new highs? So theoretically, I'm going to say it's going to go to new highs. Why? OK, 
Okay, let's go look at the other indexes. All right, so the NASDAQ's already blown out above the high and gone to new highs, along with the momentum index. The momentum index has gone to new highs, as well as the IBD 50. So let me say this. I never know what the market's going to do next. I share with you on Saturdays what I think's happening, and we have two scenarios. The trend is our friend. The Fed keeps adding liquidity, so we expect the market to go higher. Okay? If instead the market breaks down and hits stops, we're out. Okay? So as much as I um, am willing to share with you what my opinion is, Please remember, my opinion does not matter at all to the stock market. Okay, so we have to read and react from week to week. And I do this all day long in the Slack room. If you're an Armor Insider, you know that. Okay, guys who are not insiders, all week long, I'm sharing with you the changes that are occurring. So on Saturday, I let you know this is what I think is happening. And as things are changing during the week, I'm updating. Okay, so there's a momentum index. Um, and here's the IBD 50. Okay, so these indexes are already at new highs, and my guess is the, um, the S&P will follow. Now, what's interesting about um, this week and what I asked you, what I wrote in the uh, description of this discussion today, the question is, are we going to start to see leadership change? Because we're seeing last week, the Dow had a really nice week, right? Almost five up days in a row for the Dow. And the small cap index did the same, going out right at the highs. Okay? So my question to you guys, and something we have to, 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 to pay attention to, is are we seeing a shift of leadership a little bit, right? So the NASDAQ 100 software names, technology names, they ran right up into earnings. They were the first stocks we bought at the bottom of the cycle in early uh, uh, April, right? And we made, you know, huge gains on some of these names. And now we're seeing them, we're seeing blowout earnings numbers and the stocks sold off at the end of the week. So let's take a look at a couple of charts to see what may be changing, if anything, in the market. Okay. Um. So let's take a look at, uh, maybe I'll look at it, look at it here. Let's go to an O'Neill chart together, okay? That's a chart of the home builders blowing out to new highs. Um, here's a chart of consumer staples breaking out. These aren't sexy technology names. And so then we look at a couple names that we've added to Armour portfolios in the last couple of weeks. Shares of Target. Target's breaking out. Shares of Home Depot. Home Depot's breaking out. Look at Lowe's. Lowe's is breaking out. All right, so what I want to say today then is that do I think there's a major shift coming? Well, let me share this with you. Because I know some guys are asking me, what about bank stocks? What about energy stocks? 
take a look at the chart, okay? The leadership I submit to you is still focused around businesses that do well in the midst of a pandemic. Lowe's, Home Depot, consumer staples, housing stocks. These are all ideas that are being driven by a change in consumer habits because of the pandemic. Let's take a look at XLE. Dead, okay, dead. No relative strength, 11 relative strength, going nowhere, okay? Let's look at XLF. Everybody always wants me to buy bank stocks, okay? Zero interest in bank stocks. I don't care that they had a little up day on Friday. Okay, the relative strength of 34. It's below all the key moving averages. It's trying to build a cup and handle. It might go up. All right, but this is not a major shift in capital yet. And this is the key I wanted to share with you today. Don't be so quick to make your mark and be clever and leave the sector of the market that's making you a ton of money to go buy something new so you can be the first one that said it. Okay? Get your ego out of this. Ego's got nothing to do with it. All we care about is making money and protecting money. Okay? So the armor investing way is to build our portfolio by building our whiteboard first. You put your favorite names on the whiteboard. You start to see if they react correctly. You get algorithmic entry points. You put money to work. Okay? I don't fight the trend and start guessing when money is going to shift out of a dominant sector of the market and start buying the junk. Okay? Word to the wise. You guys can do it if you want. Not for me. So let's jump over to um, – a couple of names that are on, well, I just don't have a lot of time today. The reason we're doing this at 9 o'clock in the morning is that I have a very important trip to take. I'm getting on the road at 10 o'clock um, for something very important that perhaps I'll share with you in the future. Anyway, um, let me just show you then one name that's at the top of my leaderboard right now, and then I'm going to get to precious metals real quick. Um, I think without a doubt, hang on a second, guys. Hey, I'm in the midst of um, my YouTube video. Can I give you a shout later? Oh, okay, Dad. I'll talk to you later, bro. Okay. Um, my dad and I work together. He had something very important to say about precious metals he wants me to share with you, which I will in a second. But just take a look at this picture. Here's the, here's the only thing I would be you know, at the top of my whiteboard for next week, okay? And that's shares at Disney. Now, if you listen to the Disney conference call and you looked at what Disney said in the earnings announcement um, over the weekend, well, last week, I mean, it was really a phenomenal quarter. Take a look at this chart. Okay? So here's an idea. I want to stay at the top of my whiteboard with names that benefit from the pandemic. Take a look at Disney's chart on a weekly level. You have a massive base that it blew out of before the pandemic. The reason it blew out of this base is because Disney is changing themselves into a technology company with the release of Disney Plus. Okay? 
Then we had the pandemic that crushed the stock because everybody focused on their prior business where they get most of their revenue, of course, which is their theme parks and all these things. Okay. Now people are realizing after that last earnings announcement that this is a technology story that is going to dominate the entertainment delivery space. Not gapped up on the number. I'm sure there'll be opportunities to buy it. Okay, we don't necessarily have to chase it right here. But I am very close to putting this position on. I don't think this gap's going to close. It's just a guess, guys. I don't know. I don't know. The gap might close. You can always wait for the gap close. But that earnings announcement to me was so significant. If you didn't listen to it, I suggest you spend some time this weekend. Go onto the website. Find investor relations. Listen to the conference call. Disney's a stock being a portfolio, in my opinion. I don't know you, okay? But in my opinion, um, I don't know your portfolio structure. But for my capital and capital I'm running, that's the number one stock on the whiteboard right now. It has to be in my portfolio. Go listen to that conference call. Now let's rip over into um, gold and silver for a second, okay? I want to share with you some thoughts on gold and silver. Let's take a look at... Um, GBX. All right. So we're looking at GDX. GDX had two down days. So I hope nobody's running out there too concerned about precious metals because they had two down days. All right. It could have three down days if it wants. I mean, we're in a serious uptrend. We had a couple of days of a sell-off. First of all, please remember, non-farm payroll number, the first Friday of every month, we get this employment number. And gold and silver always sell off that day. It's like clockwork, all right? Particularly when gold and silver are up a lot in front of the number. This has nothing to do with the short squeeze that we are all witnessing right now. There is a massive short squeeze going on in gold and silver, but we get a two or three day sell off into non-farm payroll, which is classic, okay? So step one, the sell off meant nothing last week. Step two, let's look at silver real quick. Okay, major gaps that it's leaving behind. So can silver come down, close its gaps? Absolutely. In fact, what I was telling Armor Insiders um, on Thursday and Friday was that we were booking our profit in AGQ. We bought AGQ 33 and a quarter in front of what we said was going to be a short squeeze. Obviously, we got a short squeeze. It took us to five standard deviations above the 200-day moving average. This is a price point where we book profits. You don't have to do it. This is not a call that silver is going down now. This is simply a call that when we get five standard deviations above the 200-day moving average, I like to book profits personally. Okay, And I like to rotate those, those gains, if I want, into other assets that are in precious metals that aren't trading five standard deviations above the 200-day. Now, the only caveat to that sale is that we're in a short squeeze. So this thing could go to 10 standard deviations above the 200-day for all I know. Okay, So AGQ is a portion of our portfolio. We had a massive gain in a short period of time. If you understood the 
the, the armor portfolios, and I'll share it with you. I'll tell you. We have anywhere between 45 and 60% of portfolios, long precious metals from the bottom in March. 100% of the portfolio, and you're looking at 45 to 60% of that portfolio is precious metals. So if I take a piece off to book a profit at an extended price, am I really saying to you, I think this asset's going down? No, no, no. I'm just saying to you, as a professional money manager, we like to sell into strength and buy weakness. We bought weakness at the end of March, early February. So we sell a little bit out up here. Okay. I might even rotate it into other names that haven't spiked so aggressively yet. And here's another reason why. I had an Armour Insider ask this question on Friday, and I thought it was a good question. There's no way to know the answer to it, but I'm going to share this with you. The question was, will silver, SLV, will, will, will the ETF SLV and the ETF GLD turn into the next USO? Now, those of you who remember what happened in USO, you had an ETF that used futures to try to mimic the price of energy. And it went to a negative value. I'm not going to go into the reasons why. Okay, it had to do with dislocation in price. So the question is, SLV in particular, which uses futures to mimic the price of silver. Will people eventually realize that the emperor is not wearing clothes in SLV? The inflows, take a look at SLV. Don't forget, AGQ is twice the performance of SLV. So this is why I'm, I'm comfortable booking my profit in AGQ and rotating the AGQ dollars into other silver investments. The reason I'm comfortable doing that is that I'm not comfortable holding an asset that I don't believe actually has silver backing it up. And the question that we're talking about in the Armor Slack trading desk all day long this, this week is whether or not silver, SLV, and a GLD, gold ETF, whether or not there will be a reckoning, will people realize and wake up one day that the numbers being thrown around about inflows into SLV cannot be real. They can't be real. Guys, I can't stress this enough. The inflows into SLV this week can't possibly be real. There's not enough silver around okay, for the inflows that are being posted. So you ask me, well, how can they post the inflow? And my answer to you is it's called rehypothecation. There are a bunch of silver bars held by the Bank of International Settlement, held at J.P. Morgan, held at whatever bullion bank. It's on the books at J.P. Morgan. It supposedly goes across the warehouse floor and gets put into the books of the ETS SLV. 
I don't believe that's happening. And most intelligent people in the world who are involved in silver and gold are questioning what's going on there. And by the way, rehypothecation is not a new, um, uh, not a new tool. This is used all the time in, uh, in the financial uh, community and has caused problems in the past. with other assets. Okay. To me, rehypothecation is almost like a, um, you know, a game of like, you know, hide the, what do you call that game where you have three cups and there's, you know, dice underneath one and you keep moving it around. Right. I mean, that's what rehypothecation is. So there's the inflows into SLV this week aren't possible if you look at the number of bars. Furthermore, when we talk and we listen and we do research from our London um, uh, uh, contacts, things that we're hearing, um, thousand ounce size bars of uh, silver are being refused delivery. And smaller lot bars that have been fully paid for the delivery has been pushed out to next year. They're not delivering. Why is that? They're supposed to have them in the vault. They're fully paid for. Why aren't they delivering? There's a lot of shenanigans going on right now in the precious metal space. We think precious metals are going a lot higher. We're in the throes of a short squeeze. As fast as it goes up, it can go down. So we're willing to sell out some at extreme levels, book some profits, rotate into other names. But please be um, aware that SLV and GLD do not really have the metal behind them. You're counting on bullion banks to be honest. When has that ever worked? So will there be a day of reckoning like USO? I don't know. I don't know. But this is why... This is why the Armour Report has always, always said that if you want to own physical silver, you want to own Sprott physical silver, and if you want to own physical gold, you want to own Sprott physical gold. And, of course, you can also own Sprott physical silver and gold, CEF. All of these assets have the real asset behind them, the asset is held outside of the banking system in a vault that's audited four times a year. And if you hold the paper asset for over 12 months, you can demand delivery. Okay, that's a real asset. And so this is what I would say about will the emperor finally, will people say, hey, SLV and GLD don't wear any clothes. Will that day ever happen? I submit to you it may, I don't know, but one clear, in my opinion, um, um, clue that it's starting to happen is to watch Sprott Physical Fund's net asset value. Where are they trading versus their NAV? I believe we'll see a premium show up in an asset that has the metal behind it. And when that premium starts to show up, it'll tell you people in the investment community are getting concerned that they're not going to get their metal. 
and all of a sudden that would be a trigger to me that something might be wrong with SLV. So right now there is no premium in the Sprott funds. So I don't think next week silver SLV is going to implode. Okay, but watch the Sprott physical funds. Look to see if you get a premium there. And that'll tell you if there could be problems down the road. Um, all right. Uh, real quick, I got to wrap up, so I got to get out of here soon. A um, couple of thoughts for you. All right. A couple of thoughts for you. Um, so what we had was cannabis couch real quick, right? Another disappointment. Stop breaking down. Let's look at the chart real quick. Okay, so, so Kronos is breaking down. It's sitting right on its trend line. It goes below here. The story is over. It's going to go make new lows. Afria, you know, breaking down, went right below its uptrend line on Friday. Now, now it could recover. Hopefully, it'll hold the 200-day the, the moving average is right down here, the standard 200-day. So who knows? Maybe it'll hold that, that value and reverse higher. But let me put it this way. You know, one more down day, and, and this uptrend is dead from, from uh, the bottom in March. And so I think, guys, obviously, it's all going to come down to what Canopy says on Monday morning. And Canopy is the same thing. I mean, it's trading right at the bottom of its range. So my question to you, what do you think, guys? Is Canopy going to, you know, uh, rescue the Canadian cannabis market, or is this in the market just dead again for the next, I don't know how many months? You know, because this uptrend, which has been meager at best, is under serious test. So... I don't think anybody expects great numbers out of Canopy on Monday morning. But if Canopy talks about cannabis 2.0 products flying off the shelf, i.e. beverages, who knows? Maybe the stock goes up. I mean, the last couple of quarters, the stock has gone up into the number and gotten you know, wrecked. So now the stock's going down into the number. I don't know. I really have no idea. I'll say again, at the Armour Report, we've made money on cannabis stocks this year, okay? We've traded them right, so we've earned the right to take the risk. We've lost money this go-round in, in Kronos. We broke even on Afria, although we booked a little profit in front of the number, okay? So maybe we came out a little bit ahead there. And, you know, we're right around break-even. Perhaps we're down a smudge now. A smudge, which is worse than a smidge, <laughs> uh, in, in canopy growth. So who knows? I mean, we might get hit here on Monday. You know, it happens. You're only as good as your whiteboard, guys. At the end of the day, um, I do regret focusing at all on this space. I know we all love it and we all talk about it, but there's so much money to be made elsewhere that it's hard to commit capital to this space. It's just an opportunity cost of money thing. I always tell you guys that. You share ideas with me and I say, well, opportunity cost of money, I wouldn't buy that. Well, you know, geez, opportunity cost of money has been killing me in the cannabis stocks, Right. So um, this is the last go-round for a couple months. You know, if this thing doesn't work tomorrow or Monday, we're going to have to just pick up our chips and leave this table, you know, and focus on something else because there's just too much money to be made everywhere else. All right. Um, let's get to Q&A because I have got to get out of here. Um, is there anything I've forgotten to talk about? Oh, yeah, just real quick. Um, Teladoc and Lavongo. It was a wonderful ride in Lavongo. You know, um, we booked our profit there on the Teladoc story. 
There's the chart. Okay. I actually love this deal. I think that I'll be back into Livongo and Teladoc. Don't forget now, if you own Livongo, you basically own Teladoc stock. Okay. So we had to sell it. When Teladoc breaks below the 50 day moving average, you have to step aside. Okay. Um, and who knows, maybe it comes down to the 200 day and sets up a whole nother opportunity. But this company, these two companies are going to be an absolute juggernaut in the, uh, really the future of, you know, medicine. So I think it's a great company. We'll just have to put it back under the whiteboard and start watching again. And um, Kratos, let's go over some earnings announcements. Kratos had a great earnings announcement, and this, this stock looks primed to go to me. I mean, here's the downtrending chart pattern that you guys know I love. I look for these types of pennants. I look for the breakouts. This thing takes out 20. It's going to get legs. This is the technology this is, I think, the best technology defense company in the business. And quite frankly, I think they're going to get taken over. I just, I don't know when, and I have no idea. There's no inside information on that one, right? But if it happens, I won't be surprised. Let's put it that way. All right, it was a good earnings announcement. Now, how about Roku? Okay, Roku sold off a bit on earnings. Let me tell you right now, I thought that was a phenomenal earnings announcement for Roku. Phenomenal. This stuff. Look. It's a total gamble when you own stocks into earnings because you don't know what Wall Street's going to do for the next couple of days, you know, the next week. Okay. But we don't invest for the next couple of days or week. So um, the armor investing way, if you're, if you buy a stock early, which we did, we bought, we bought uh, um, Roku correctly down here as it broke. They, look, this just, this looks just like um, Kratos, right? Look at that chart pattern. Same as Kratos. The stock went up 126 up into the 160 area before the earnings announcement, okay? We booked some profit before the news. That's what we do. We reduce the position, whatever percent, 10%, 20%, 30%, whatever makes sense. When you buy a stock right and it runs up into earnings, if it's up into earnings, you book some profits, right? But after that news announcement, I think the stock, you know, we could increase the position size again. We could buy it back cheaper, the stock that we sold, we buy back cheaper. And the reason is that was a phenomenal earnings announcement. The real important factor. And so you ask me why the stock go down if it was so phenomenal? Simple, because the company won't give guidance going forward. They don't know what the pandemic is going to do to the ad business. Okay. And the ad business is a big part of the story. Same thing is true for Google. All right. Well, let's take a look at Google. Google has a risk on entry point right here. Okay, and it's an ad story as well. So you can watch both of these stocks together. So um, what was so compelling to me about the, the, the Roku announcement, uh, forget about the obvious stuff. They had more subscribers than ever in history and all this kind of stuff, which is great. That drives the business. But to me, the real driver is the um, acquisition they made a year or two ago um, about delivering ads to the right people at the right time and allowing companies to spend their ad dollars where they want. It's the future of advertising. Okay. And they have the technology to do it. It's a, it's, it's really interesting. Their ad business, that revenue was expanding going up this quarter at a time where total ad spend was going down. What else do you need to know? Can you imagine when the pandemic subsides and ad spending goes up? You, you see what I'm saying? And if you, if you want to track this story a little closer, 
to contract trade desk. Okay. This company is a pure play in that type of ad delivery system. And the stock has just been a runaway and Roku directly competes and they have a product that works just like TTD. Okay. So there's my thoughts on, uh, on Roku. Illumina had a terrible quarter. What a, what a bummer. It's one of my favorite investments and we, um, we definitely lost money in the stock. So again, what did we do? We bought the stock down here on the 15th. The stock ran up into earnings. We reduced the exposure if you needed to. It depends on how big the position size is. But then the stock gaps back down to where we bought it. And so our profits get wiped out on a bad earnings announcement. It happens. You know, you're only as good as your whiteboard. You know, and that earnings announcement was just a mess because of the pandemic. You know, they sell their genetic sequencing products into the research community and nobody is doing any research. You know? So... I guess you could have seen that coming. I didn't. I thought, you know, they'd be doing research right through this. And on the last conference call, they seemed to be, you know, business was starting to pick back up again. So obviously it didn't. It fell off a cliff. So there'll be a whole new reset in Illumina because that's a short-term pandemic issue and the longer-term trends are still intact. So back onto my whiteboard, but just not the top of the whiteboard. We'll have to wait for a whole new setup there. All right, let's get to some Q&A, and then I've got to get out of here, guys. God, I don't have a lot of time, so forgive me. I'll make this real quick. And, and um... All right, so uh, is anybody up with me, by the way? Who's here? <laughs> Work got killed. Work got killed. It did? Let me see. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Mark, we're not in work anymore, right? So you just got to look at this chart pattern and know that this pattern just doesn't really um, – give you the warm and fuzzies. First of all, you have this massive gap down on earnings. Then you have another gap down here. Now you're trading below a downtrending 50 uh, and 200 day moving averages, you know, and you're, well, 50 day moving average. And now you're right on the 200 day. So look, the stock is trying to hold this support area and it may set up a whole new pattern. And what I think I said to you the last time is we're just waiting for the armor algorithms to give us an entry point. And they're just not giving us an entry point, so we have to stay away. My phone's blowing up. Yeah, I saw the okay New York Jets. I saw the dollar breaking out, uh, and should have saw the dollar breaking. I should have sold the miners. Did you see strength in silver after the three percent pullback? Oh, that's a good point. Glad you brought that up. So. Um, silver, if you watch, you know, typically during a bear market, the metals will sell off after the London fix. At 1.30 our time, the London fix happens, okay? And in a bear market, you see that these assets run up into the fix and then start selling off. In a bull market, they sell off to the fix. The minute the fix is over, they rip higher. And that's exactly what happened in silver and gold on Friday. So um, the, the, the selling that went on, let me just say, sometimes the precious metals mining stocks lead the metal for a couple of days. And that's what happened this week. We had a peak on the mining stocks on Wednesday. They sold off Thursday. And that told you that Friday in the non-farm payroll, you're going to get a sell-off in metal prices. That's what happened. It doesn't change anything about the trend, though, Mr. Jet. Okay? We still think these things are going higher. So until we get stopped out, 
right? We use trailed stops. We haven't been stopped at anything. So, you know, it's just noise within an overall uptrend. And healthy noise, I'll be honest with you. You can't just keep gapping up day after day after day. You got to come in and get rid of the weak holders, close the gaps, and then reverse and go higher again. And we think that's going to be happening next week. Can you explain what companies like SPAQ, what happened to deals? Uh, okay. Let me take a look at what you're asking me. Oh, blank check companies. Oh, geez. I never invest in blank check companies. I don't know why anybody would invest in a blank check company. What is a blank check company? You're giving this company money and you're expecting the management team to make some kind of great acquisition. Well, why are you doing that? You can just make the acquisitions yourself, man. You've got your money. Go make an acquisition of a stock that's on your whiteboard that you know about. Why would you just give somebody else a blank check to go buy something that, you know, supposedly is going to be good? I don't know why anybody invests in these things. Um, so hard for me to really explain it, politics for dummies. I don't know why anybody would do it, though. Um, And if you read the small print in these blank check companies, they'll say, give us your money. We're going to try to invest in, I don't know, electronic vehicles or whatever. But if we can't, we don't have to. Read the small print in the stock that you're buying. They're not even required to make the investment in many cases. It's, it's really, a, I don't know why anyone does it. Um, Apple, David, what do I think of Apple. Look, um, the big cap techs had a, a bit of a, a um, give back on Friday. But if you look at the chart of Apple, you know, it really says it all. I, I mean, big cap tech is in gear, guys. So I don't know what you're asking me about Apple. I'm not a buyer here because I buy weakness. I don't buy strength. Um, but I'm not a seller either. I mean, you have a, a the armor investing way is to use trends. OK, we use trailed stops and trend lines for our principal protection exits. So as long as Apple stays in the uptrend and above the moving average that you choose to use, could be a 14, the 25, the 50 day, whatever type of investor you are, then you just leave it alone and let it go. You know, I think the NASDAQ 100 looks great. They had a couple days where they sold off at the end of the week. It doesn't change the trend and it doesn't make me want to start buying bank stocks. Oh, there you go, Landon. I didn't, re- I didn't see you're asking me about BAC. I, I honestly, I don't know why anybody wants to own a bank stock. Somebody explain that to me, other than the fact that they were up at the end of the day Friday. Why do I want to own a bank stock? I got explosive growth stories all around. I can't find an, a, enough capital to capture the amount of gro- growth stories that I can get my hands on. Why do I want to own a bank with a 31 relative strength? in a world where interest rates are collapsing. I don't get it. Um, I'm all for buying, you know, I guess, Landon, I'm all for buying weakness, okay? I like to buy weakness in the midst of strength. So when I look at Bank America, I don't see a lot of strength. I just see more continued weakness. Right. Here's the weakness. Where's the strength? Where's the strength there? Like, let's take a look at that chart and then take a look at Disney, for instance. 
All right, so you, you want to, you, you've got dollars you want to put to work. You don't want to buy the, you know, the tech stocks that are through the roof. So here's the strength. You have this unbelievable chart pattern in Disney going back to 2015. You have a massive breakout because Wall Street realizes that Disney is becoming a technology company with a Disney Plus release. You have the pandemic that wrecks the stock and gives you a chance to get back into this story cheap. So you're buying weakness in the midst of a strong pattern. Now let's look at the banks. Where's the strong pattern? Banks have collapsed below this major consolidation, which is now called resistance, right? So what used to be support is massive resistance. It, it, there's just nothing that looks good to me here. I don't like any of them. XLS is the, is the ETF. Okay? Not yet. I mean, maybe one day, one day, but they're just not there yet. Oh, oh, so David, you're asking me, um, do you think more of a pullback before the split? So I don't, um, this is important for everybody to realize and understand, okay, stock splits don't mean anything to the stock. They don't, they don't drive the stock. They don't, it's not more attractive um, because it splits, although you could say, well, people can buy it because it's cheaper, but it doesn't really, if you go back and do a lot of research on stock splits, it really doesn't. Uh, change the trajectory of, of the life of a, of a, of a stock. It, it just doesn't. It just makes it cheaper so people, you know, can buy it. I mean, I don't know if it even matters anymore in the world of, you know, Google at 1500 and, you know, Amazon and a couple thousand dollars. I mean, it just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And so I don't think there's a pullback because or not because of the stock split. You see what I'm saying? It might pull back, but it's got nothing to do with the stock split. In my in my opinion, um, Bob Kennedy Twillo, good for you. Well done. I hope you're right, David. I hope XLF is about to run, but uh, I don't think so. But who knows? Who knows? All right, guys, listen. This has been lots of fun. I have to cut this short today. Thanks for spending time with me this morning. I hope you guys have a great investing week. If you're not a subscriber to our free Armor Report, go to the website, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. I like to send out the week in review to you guys. I'll send out my top five favorite charts sometimes during the week or anything that's important that I think Armor Insiders, who are part of the YouTube uh, conversation with me should be aware of during the week. It's a free report. So go to the website, armorreport.com and make sure you're a part of that. Take care guys. Have a great weekend.